grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So you've been connected with Living Waters over the last few weeks. We started last week in our new sermon series, and it's based on actually a Netflix documentary, and the documentary is called The Toys That Made Us. And so this documentary, if you haven't seen it, it's the origins of different toys in our culture. So from Barbie to Transformers um, to Legos to Star Wars. There's all kinds of them that they've been releasing. But there's one that captured me um, as a little boy especially. They had launched in the 60s and then relaunched when I was a little boy. Yes, there it is. He's not just any Joe. Oh, no, he's a real American hero, G.I. Joe. Do you know in the 60s, they came out, and they were 12-inch dolls, and they had authentic hair, um, and they also had the kung fu grip that could hold the weapons, the guns, and kids, it was all the rage for them. But then... In the 80s, they actually shrunk down to three and three-quarter inch. I don't know why, but I suspect it's so that our toy boxes could fill up more and we could ask our parents for more of them. I'm not sure, but that's exactly what happened in the Dornfeld household. And so I started to buy those bad boys. It was great. And they're based on actually a cartoon during the time, and it was G.I. Joe versus the evil Cobra. And it was, it was amazing for me and my brother especially. And what was really fun about it is at the end of every single cartoon, they would have their battle with, with Cobra Commander and Destro and all of them. But then at the very end, they would have almost this public service announcement. And I don't know if you remember this for those of you who have seen it or if you haven't, we're going to show you this um, because it would teach us different lessons. And I want you to see an example of it. Yes, and knowing is half the battle. I love that. And then I'd always have to say, G.I. Joe, and then I'd rock out my toys. It was awesome. I mean, it's because of G.I. Joe that I learned that I should not do such troubling things as, like, jumping my bicycle over power lines. Thank you, G.I. Joe. Otherwise, I would have done that for sure. What to do when you're on fire. What to do if there's a fire in your house. What to do if you see strangers. What to do if there's a strange dog in front of you. I mean, G.I. Joe rocked it. And every time they'd say, and knowing is half the battle. But I love the kids because they were like, it was almost like they'd never heard it before. The G.I. Joe character like Flint would come up and tell them the answer. And they'd be like, wow, and now we know. Oh, thank you. Do you know, as followers of Jesus, especially as we continue in our sermon series, finding faith in the toys that made us, as I watched and as I recollected, by the way, those old cartoons, I used to love them. I couldn't get enough of them. I've watched a couple now as an adult. Terrible. I can't believe it. They were over the top. They were crazy. They were awesome, though. So good, but so bad. And, but revisiting that, I realized just how much the cartoons, these toys, actually shaped me. 
and whether it's G.I. Joe or whether it's other toys that have shaped you in your life, they definitely have shaped our culture. And I think as followers of Jesus, the question I have is, as we look at even such crazy things as G.I. Joe, what does it have in store for us in our walk with Jesus? And how does it shape us? You know, as I said, knowing is half the battle. I I love that. It, It reminds me, though, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I think most of us say, what's the other half? Knowing's half the battle. The other half, if you're a G.I. Joe fan, is red lasers and blue lasers. Yes. But as a follower of Jesus, what's the other half? If knowing is half the battle, and is that what it's about? Is that what God wants for us? I mean, because I don't know about you, but for me many times as I'm thinking about my faith life, I want to know about God. I want to know about Jesus. I want to know when I do enter different situations in my life, um, maybe not a power line and I'm on my bicycle, but maybe something more real. Like maybe I'm struggling with doubts. Or maybe there's someone that has a different opinion than me. Or maybe there's something else that I'm really just having a, trying to get a handle on and trying to get guidance. I want to know God's will. I want to have that knowledge. Maybe you do too. But is there something more to this? Is that what God's goal is? Is just knowledge of who God is and of who Jesus is? Or is there something deeper? I mean, because after all, what do we say? We say we want to know our Bibles, and we usually dust them off off our shelf, <laughs> kind of pull them out every once in a while when we, you know, need, and we kind of, I've seen people do this, and I've done it too. God, guide me, and I just open the Bible, and I pick the verse, and that's the one that's going to speak to me. But what if God wants something deeper? Because after all, we say it's a Bible study, right? But is that all it is? Well, the Apostle Paul, now he is uh, an early follower of Jesus. He wrote most of the second part of our Bible in the New Testament. And he wrote letters to different churches. And he was so connected with one congregation in Corinth that he wrote two letters to them, and they were struggling. They were struggling with what it meant to be early followers of Jesus. Was it just about knowing who he was? Was it knowing the laws that God had given them? They also had other people around them in Corinth that worshipped other gods, that had different beliefs in them. They had different opinions than them. And so they have their beliefs. Their neighbors have maybe strong opinions another way, and they're wondering which way is it. And then they're struggling within the church. They had some conflict going on. People were arguing. People were yelling at each other. There were divisions in that church. And so Paul is writing them a letter to help guide them in this. And I think what he's saying is knowledge is a part of this. Knowing is half the battle. But I think there's something so much richer and deeper. Something that might connect you with God in new ways. Here's what he writes. Now, it's in 1 Corinthians it's chapter 13. You might recognize it. I'll bet a few of you may have heard this, maybe at your parents' or grandparents' wedding. Maybe you had this at your wedding. Now, it's one we borrow, and I think for a good reason, because it talks about love. But it's actually to a congregation in conflict. This chapter is specifically bringing to people who are struggling, who are doubting who are wondering, what's this all about? And so Paul is reminding them, and this is so amazing, and he is saying knowing is half the battle. He talks about knowledge. I want you to catch this and see what is our goal as followers of Jesus today. 
So he says, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Now, he's saying, if you have specific gifts, if you can speak, if you are this amazing person that connects with others, if you speak so well that you even have such a connection, just not only swaying people, but you actually can have the realms of heaven listen in on you. If you're that gifted of a speaker, then he says, if you don't have a key ingredient, all you are is like this clanging, clashing, crazy loud instrument. And what it reminds me of is when my kids, like usually will be in the car, and for some reason we're traveling somewhere, and that's the point that my little girl will take the loudest toy and start to press the button and start to really press it, and all at once my eardrums are starting to rupture, and then my little boy will start to yell at her because it's too loud for his hearing aids, and then they're loud. That's the kind of noisy gong or clanging cymbal that we are, even with the greatest gift of speech. Picture that kind of annoying, crazy sound that pierces the eardrum. If you even have gifts of speech, if you don't have, what is that four-letter word? Love. Then you're just something that's noisy, something that's drowning out others. He goes on from here. Now he says, if I have prophetic powers, in other words, if I have the gift of speaking to people as people like maybe Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Isaiah who were powerful prophets hundreds and hundreds of years ago that spoke before the time of Jesus and they were directed, they actually, they thought, heard the voice of God speaking to and through them to connect others with God and to give them a specific lesson, a specific voice from God. He says, if you even have those prophetic powers, if you believe that God is speaking to and through you, and not only that, if you understand all mysteries and all knowledge, there's that word, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, so there's all these gifts that you could have. And many of us do in different ways. We have different beautiful gifts God has blessed us with. So if you are as brilliant as Einstein, if you are as ingenious as someone like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, if you have like the faith of the greatest Christian that you can think of, someone probably not Pastor Dan, but someone else, if you have any of those beautiful things that you look up to for other people, but if you don't have that key ingredient, what is that? If you don't have love, he says, you're nothing. Knowing is half the battle. The other half, Paul is starting to really show us what that is. Let's move on from there. So he says, even if you have all kinds of gifts, but let's say your gift is giving away your possessions. In other words, you just gave a huge offering today, and it, you're like, wow, I, I can't believe I trusted God with that. Or if you hand over your body so that you may boast about it. In other words, if you're making sacrifices for others, if you're helping your neighbor in ways that no one else would ever do, if you do all those beautiful, amazing things that are going to make an impact in the community and in the world, but if you do not have love, you gain nothing. So knowledge apparently is not everything. Knowledge is just half of it. Now, God does want us to know about him. God does want us 
to dive into his word and see the truth and the promises that God has for us. God wants us to connect regularly with each other, to come to, to a place like Living Waters and hear the promise that he's given to so many people and even to you. But that is only half the battle. And it reminds me of when I would get my G.I. Joe cards and when I would pull out the figure and, you know, most, you know, for some of us, our favorite G.I. Joe is Snake Eyes. And for the others that don't think he's your favorite, you're wrong. Thank you. But when I would read and reread that file card, it would tell me about the file information, especially for Snake Eyes. That was my very first figure I ever got. And I just wore that thing out because it said, it said who he was. It said his skills and abilities. It said everything that he was. And I would read and read and reread and reread it. And I would collect all the file cards of the different G.I. Joe characters. It gave me insights into who they were, and it made it even more real as I imagined what it was like to be them and to play with them. God, if you can believe this, has a file card, like those G.I. Joe toys, but he has it, guess on who? You and me and everyone who has ever lived, everyone who's living right now, and everyone who ever will live. Does God have all the knowledge? Yes. Does God know every moment of our lives? Yes. And in the book of Revelation, that crazy, confusing one at the end of our Bible, it's a vision from another follower of Jesus. His name was John. He talks about these file cards, and they're actually a book. And he says, there's two books and it's something about knowledge that I need you to understand, and this is going to change your insight into what our goal as followers of Jesus is. Knowing is half the battle. What's it really about, though? John says, I saw the dead, great and small, and they're standing before the throne. He has a vision of heaven. And he says, two books were opened. Now, one book he's referred to before was open, and another book was open, the book of life. And here in that first book, the dead were judged according to their works as recorded in the books. So there are these file cards, and the book of deeds, John says, has every single thing we have done, are doing, and will do. In other words, there's nothing hidden from God. And in that... Everything you have, the things you're proud of and maybe really embarrassed and ashamed of are in those books. But wait, because that's not the important one. Because what he says is that other book was opened, the book of life. And what John talks about is there's only one. One person one who is the only one who is worthy to open that book. And that book of life doesn't have our deeds in it. You know what it has? Our names in it. All of the saints, all of the ordinary people that are known by God. That's you and me. He says everything in the book of deeds, the one that has all the stuff we've done against God, is thrown in the lake of fire. Knowing is half the battle, but it's not our knowledge. Because God knows you, because God loves you, because God said you are so worthwhile 
that I will die for you despite and through everything you have and will do. That changes everything. His knowing us is all the battle. And that means we have his love today and forever. And now you know. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this group of imperfect, ragtag people that mess up a lot, that are trying to know about you. But God, as you reminded us through Paul, you reminded us that knowing is half the battle, that if we have all knowledge, that we have so many gifts and talents and abilities, if we give everything we have to you and to others, that it's still not enough. What changes us, what transforms us, what feeds us and gives us life is your love. Help us cling to that and to know our name is in heaven and that you died for us. Help that to change everything in this world and in our lives. And all God people said, amen. Please stand and sing with us.